You are now listening to Out of the Blank. What do you mean what we're talking about? First of all, the topic of the conversation here is I'm here with the international connection. I have one giant question for both of you. What type, right. what type of hair gel do you use? <laughs> well, is it, is it, that question, is it for Alex or for me? It's for both of you. You both have the stylish swath hair. I know listeners can't see that, but you got Alex with his like – I guess that's like a what is that like a like a, it's a slow fade on the side with like a, a massive amount of like Paul Mitchell up top. I mean, I got the same thing. I dude, I knew a buddy that used Elmer's glue to keep his hair up. Wow, that's dedication right there. This is all natural stuff. Brazil's finest. It's mm. The wind of Brazil. I heard Brazil was really good for their nuts. Is that true? Yeah, we're not we're nuts about everything. <laughs> If you know oh, what I mean. I get the pun, but I was talking about like I heard also like with nuts, the porn industry is pretty high there too. I don't know if that's a, a correlation. <laughs> it might be. It might be. I don't know. You know what? This is the best sort of chat to do, you know, at 11 p.m. my time. Talk about <laughs> Brazilian nuts and porn. I actually, someone told me, they're like, why does all of your stories happen? Like when you started off, it's like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. I'm like, because nothing good ever happens until it's like after 10 p.m. That's like the scary, like, this is stuff I'm going to tell my children. Like one day, like, did you know one time I set a car on fire and your son's just like, what? (laughs) Really? I've heard a quote once that no life decisions should be made after 2 a.m. It's probably a good quote. I'm guessing you probably got it off of a fortune cookie because they have some mystical wisdom in those things where you feel like they're just going to Morgan Freeman and asking him to write down his thoughts and they just put it right in there. You sometimes feel like those fortune cookies when you take out the message and read and then you suddenly relate to it. You're like, holy shit, this applies to me right away. You know, because I've had that a million times. That's what I thought too originally, and then I did a I did a podcast, and I was like, "How do they get candles to smell like like Starburst? How do you?" And then you smell it, and it's like that's exactly what Starburst would taste like. And it's like, no, it's just it tricks your brain into thinking that's what it is. So it's like if it's something that relates to you, it's like they're just saying something like kind of like a broad span of things, and you'll yeah. be like, "Yeah, they're so <laughs> wag." Like, yeah. I never trust any of those stuff. I read this study they did the other day. I, I don't remember from where, but you know, like those, when people read their, I don't know, the universe and the stars align. And how do you say that in English? I, I think you said it fine. Yeah. Okay. So either way, you have like the zodiac signs or something like that. I don't know. Like the astrology stuff. Yeah, the astronomy, astronomy, horoscope and shit. Yeah. Oh, you mean so, horoscopes? You mean reading the horoscopes? Zodiac signs. Yeah, sorry. like sorry. yeah, like I'm, I'm a Capricorn. It's just so they brought together like three thousand people to do this massive study, and they spent like five hours just answering each and every question about themselves, so they that they could have like this ma- astral map done about them. And at the end, it was all bogus. They threw all the answers in the trash, and they just handed out those general statements about everyone. But since people were so into it, they spent hours and hours answering it. 
they thought it was so pinpoint and right at their soul that they rated the accuracy of the test really high. They so did. I just think it's people tend to believe anything about their personality, really. That's um. They had that with uh, Harry Houdini, where he had a code word that he would say with his wife that if he passed on to the other side, they would use that code word to see if there was another side, and nothing ever happened. You know, I actually wanted to do at one point those shows where it exposes like fake psychics because I do think there are real things out there. Like there's stuff I've been able to do and stuff that I know like people have this capacity for in their brain. Like someone might be a little bit special or have a sixth sense in a way. Um, but like I said, there's not really sufficient evidence on a lot of it. So it's like all kind of hearsay, their say. Yeah, no, that's so true. And I think the point that Alex mentioned, you know, if you give people a reason to believe, they will follow, you know. And you see this a lot. Like I've been studying business and economics for the past three years, and you see this a lot in economics, you know. The you can pretty much predict the behavior of people. And this is very terrible to say, but then you kind of like develop those biases in which you want people to act in a certain way. And that, that happens quite a lot. Do you have like an example for us? I'm sorry? I said Jagger's blowing up over there. I know my phone just went crazy. I just, just put it on silence. Should have before this recording started. But apologies for that. We are professional people. We have to act right. We need to know <laughs> the questions, the answers. Why? Like I have my, my biggest question. So yeah. how did you guys start and form? First of all, how did you guys meet? Like was it? You know, eHarmony, was it Elvis um, impersonators.com? Like, we all have the same style hair. Does anybody notice this? And we're in like three different countries. <laughs> That's so true. But in terms of how we met, I think that was a really interesting story. It was an interesting day, actually. You know, and I think I'm, I'm rocking the uh, Newcastle University jumper here because that's the reason why me and Alex are actually doing what we do together because of this, this small tune if you will, not town tune of Newcastle, where uh, I just decided to do an exchange term in the year 2018, which is last year. Um, took a module in journalism because I was excited about learning broadcasting, you know, news, analyzing news and everything. And then I met with this guy who came to class with a camera, vlogging, recording, had his, had his own YouTube channel. and And what he always did was recorded some aspects of the lectures going on he posted videos on youtube and i was like well man that that guy has got a purpose you know i need to go and talk to him and then he was so easy to talk to that then, I, like in the middle of the class the teacher had already started the lecture by the time i came in yeah it was always about five to ten minutes late but then i realized okay i need some individual time to talk to this guy you know because he has an exciting story at that time, I hadn't really realized what, what I wanted to do. But one thing which I was interested in was meeting new people. So, uh, and actually, at the same time, uh, the Facebook scandal with the Cambridge Analytica took place. So since me and Alex were both enthusiasts of social media and how you can market using social media, we decided to meet up for a coffee date to just sit down and just have a chat about social media. And Are we talking Starbucks? No, this was like a local cafe, artisan coffee cafe in Newcastle. Let me set the scene. So you walk into yeah. this coffee place like, all right, I'm going to this guy's favorite coffee place because him being a journalist, he obviously is probably sitting on his laptop um, acting like he's typing or something. 
No, it was his favorite coffee place. I had no idea if I was going for actual coffee or getting my, I don't know, my organs stolen. <laughs> yeah, that, see, that's like the one thing our parents, I'm pretty sure, all told us. Like, don't talk to strangers. And then all three of us want to go talk to strangers and figure out, like, <laughs> hey, bro, how'd you miss? How, how'd you get that arm missing? Oh, I got in a woodcutting accident. It just got chopped <laughs> right off. I just kept on cutting wood. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you, know, you know but you know what actually it's safer for children to talk to strangers if they do from an earlier enough age because then they get outgoing and, and easy and to talk to and the, the real perverts out there they don't target extrovert children yeah they don't talk to the out that's actually there's got to be a, definitely a study on that one because that makes a hundred percent sense. You want to talk, you want to get the shy kid who's straying himself off from people. Like I said, I would always only you know hop in your van if you got one of two things: one, you got a good story, or two, you got yeah. some peanut butter cups. Because who's <laughs> not getting in for peanut butter cups? That's so true, man. I'd probably jump in for a few vanilla fudge ice creams, mate. You know? Oh shit! Can't, can't pass those. But no, as I was talking, like I sat down with Alex and we had a good conversation for about two, two and a half hours. Coffee, coffee turned into a lunch that we went. And then at that time, like something resonated with both of us. We decided that, okay, well, we share similar thoughts. We need to do something together, right? And it took us a year to kind of plan this entire podcast thing out. But I was just sitting in my room in Canada, deciding that, okay, well, I need to pair up with Alex and we need to create something. Because as I said, I've been an enthusiast for my own creativity. So I was like, all these ideas that I've had, you know, are either locked up in my cupboard or in my mind. They're adding no value or no good down there. I need to publicize it. need to put it out there. So it's like the best person to do it with is Alex. So I contacted him and uh, he just his his response was yes, man. I would love to do a podcast with you. And since then, I don't think we've ever looked back. And we've been improve been improving and getting new guests and meeting people like you, Robbie. Do you find like you find it's difficult trying to keep the long term relationship a little bit because you guys are in two completely different places? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's like because we're in different places, but mostly because of time is own. Because, like, since Jagger ever, when he was in Canada, it was so much easier because he was in your time zone, which is just one hour away. But now like, he's, like, four hours away from me, and that, that makes it tricky, you know, to set up a time with guests and stuff. That's so true. But I think the, the thing that works with us is we've always had our communication level super high. You know, I think this this actually doesn't have to be in a professional relationships like podcasting or what else, but works for your personal relationship as well. Now, I do long distance relationship. When I was in Canada, my girlfriend was living 5,000 miles across in, in England and I'm still with her, you know, and the key to it, a lot of people can't do long distance but the way we oh, yeah, that, that stuff i don't think i could do that to be honest exactly yeah it's about communication you know so with me and alex what works is we are transparent we're we communicate and then we are also willing to you know get around the solution even if we have to make some sacrifices also your guys mentality is kind of the same you guys think along the same basis i mean alex obviously he is a little bit more when it comes to like kind of 
in a journalistic type stuff. He's more yeah. of kind of on free flow, tip of the toes type thing. Me, like I'm completely 100% just off the cuff brain, whatever happens in there. It's why if I had a yeah. blog, it would be horrendous. You probably just see pictures of me going to the bathroom like, yo, taking a shit. I know. <laughs> <laughs> It's also at the same time, like Jagger, you got a good lined up type style when you do it. You have the questions that you think you thoroughly think it through, which I think is both needed in a podcast for sure. Um, Like I said, like you were telling me before on our podcast, like it's two separate, completely different voices. But, you know, it adds that other opinion in there. Yeah. But Robbie, what is the coffee house in Maryland? The place that all the brains go to to come up with something i wouldn't even say is it starbucks it's it dude it's not even i don't even honestly i don't go into coffee shops anymore because there's always that one guy in there that's talking on his bluetooth and i can't handle it i will like if you're in a if you have a bluetooth in front of me and you're talking out loud um if it's a quick like let me give you a call back that's okay you got your airpods in you got something else in and you're sitting there going yeah okay yeah um my credit score is this this that you know it's my bills. I got the water bill. And then it keeps on going. I'm like, I'll rip those things out of your ear. Exactly, man. Did your parents never tell you to turn off the phone or turn down your Game Boy when you were at, at public outing or something? Like you just conked out. And that's what I see nowadays. Like I'll go into a restaurant and I'll see a kid playing on his Game Boy or something. Super loud volume. I'm like, just mute it. So it's not bothering everyone else in the area because other people are trying to connect. You know, and then like for me, I always say something and then like next, you know, it turns into this giant like, oh, you got a problem with the way I like playing games. I'm like, I I do when I'm trying to enjoy a freaking fajita in front of me and you're sitting there playing, you know, Space Invaders or something on your Game Boy. I understand it, but I don't want to hear it. That's so true. I think this is where the entire judging factor comes in. Like talking about my workplace, I worked in in a lot of offices in North America. And I've seen offices both in America and in Canada. And one thing that I've noticed is people who are genuinely serious about their business and meeting won't even have their phones on the table while the session is going on. And people who are just kind of like lanky, there to kind of waste time, you know, not really paying attention, would have their phone up, texting, messaging, Facebook. So I, I believe the same principle applies there as well. Yeah, I actually shut off my phone when I podcast and I keep it usually usually in another room charging or I have it down low where I can't reach it. So right. it's, it's, it just helps that connection come in there. Like I've done, done that in podcasts. I've had like three hour podcasts. I'm like, look, give me your phone. They're like, looks like they're like, I'm asking them to give me their first child. And I'm like, no, no, just give it to me. You'll get it back. And I'll put it off to the side. You can see in the first 10 minutes, they'll be like looking at it. Like, uh, like I, I need to get, check my Snapchat, need to check my Tinder, need to make sure my, I get my likes up. And I'm like, then after the conversation, I'm like, you can have your phone back, toss it over to him. Like, whoa, it's been three hours. I'm like, it has. And that's because you actually took the time to wake up, motherfucker. Like this is, it's, it's a life we're living and we tend to gloss over it sometimes too. You know, the best decision of my life, airplane mode. It just saves you so much like mind cluttering space, you know? Does anybody question the fact that we still have to put our phones on airplane mode or shut it off to get on an airplane, but that we've mastered 5G and all these wonderful inventions, but we still can't have our phone functional. That That's the beauty of it, man. What do you mean the beauty of it? 
Yeah, it is. It's like there are plenty of CEOs now that they don't want Wi-Fi in airplanes because it's like it was the only moment when they were able to switch off. And now it's like work is catching up to them and they have to reply to 200 emails and so on. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I know a CEO who takes, who like four to five flights a day, you know, and things like usually, yeah, I meditate because that's the only time where I can shut off everything and focus on my internal system. That puts me in a more productive space. So Alex is right. I agree with that. Yeah, I usually have a time, like if I go to the gym or something, there's like two hours, you can't reach me. Like, yeah. I'm sure everybody in my family has figured it out. I'll send texts. I'm like, I don't care if you got to go to the hospital. Like, I, I got this one thing that's a stress relief, you know, and I, I like my podcasting does the same thing, but it's more like that's one where I have to focus on me and something that I've kind of carried on through my life. That's always kind of been there. And the only fault for it not being there is if I didn't go, which has never happened. You know, it's. I definitely think more people need to kind of not really hold themselves accountable. Like, Oh, everything I do, it's all my fault, but more on the fact, like you got to admit to your fuck ups a little bit. Like, you know, yo, uh, yo, 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 look at this, Robbie. Do you remember what we were talking last week? I don't know if you can see this. She's running away. Oh, no like, way. Yeah. She has spots on. That's what I'm saying. Like, nobody questions this. There, yeah. there is something in your life. At, there's something at one o'clock in the morning in your life that you've probably questioned. Like, why is this a thing? What what has come to your mind with that? For me, it's the fact that, like, you know, lady, uh, a ladybug has spots on it. Or why the hell do we say <laughs> WWW when World Wide Web is a thousand times faster? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Well, I think uh, we now you just—that's because you're native English speaker. Are you are uh, you assaulting my language, sir? <laughs> no, but for me to say it, it's like three tigers trying to try hard to you know that kind of just random, in the mouth. Random thoughts, but you know what? You guys both drive on the wrong side of the road, so I, well, don't. I don't. When I'm in Canada. The right? Oh, wait, you drive on the right too? Yeah. Oh, so it's just... At, wait, you drive on the right as well? Yeah, in Canada, it's the same as the US, bro. Holy... I've never been to Canada. I keep thinking every time someone says Canada, I think of a maple leaf. And then people keep <laughs> bumping into me to offer me a jelly donut, even if I bump into them. And I know that's not true at all. Yeah. It's way similar to where you are right now, trust me. So take a trip upstairs... Visit your neighbors upstairs, and you'll be you'll be home. Trust me. So yeah, so so uh, both me and Jaggers, I think we're both travel addicts. Oh uh, yeah. Are you, yeah. Robbie, one of them? One I of us, I, I used travel Please. back in the day. I kind of want to just to take my re like podcast recorder, the original one, and visit the people I've already talked to, and actually stay with them for like a week or something, and do that. But dude, honestly. Traveling is a pain in the ass, man. Like if there's not a gym nearby, then I can't, I can't do it. Dude, there's a thing, three, three, three letters I'm going to tell you might change your life. Look into them. Yeah. It's called the TRX. Have you heard about it? No, I have not. Yeah. Cause I was just like you, you know, I need my gym. I'm more of a cardio guy. I don't know whether you do weight training or cardio, but I can't live without my cardio. I you both know? depends on the day. Like I'll do some fasted cardio or something. 
Exactly. Yeah. So body weights and everything. And when I was doing weight training, body weight training wasn't cutting it for me. I was like, this is too easy. I need to increase the intensity a little bit. So someone introduced me to this thing called TRX. It was introduced and invented by an ex-Navy SEAL. It's an American product. And you need to check that out, mate. It's suspension training. I think the cheapest version is available for about 25 quid on Amazon. And I think the elite version, which I've got, is around $110. But dude, it pays you off. Suspension training, and trust me, 10 minutes on TRX, you'll be sweating your balls off. I wanted to get that. That intense. They got a a whoop strap or something for your wrist that measures your heart rate and then also tells you your sleep levels as well. Um, I heard it from Joe Rogan. They're both using that. Well, they're all using it right now doing Sober October. And it's like, I hear that, like measuring your sleep levels. I don't sleep at all. Like, I mean, two hours and I'm good to go and functional. I want to know my recovery rate on that. Because it's like, if you're supposed to get a prime time of like six to eight hours of sleep a night and i'm only getting maybe two hours every like two or three days like there's something going on there that's so true like i've been downloading a lot of apps that could track my sleep cycle and if you want to know more about your sleep pattern i recommend you download one of those i think that might help but actually at this point i want to ask ask alex a question because this guy travels a lot you know shuts his shuts himself off of the world goes traveling, was in Norway and Sweden a couple of weeks ago, and is super fit. You know, he swims every day, goes to the gym when he wants to, has almost zero body fat percentage. Might be exaggerating a little bit, Alex, but my question (laughs) to you is... a little bit. A little bit. I'll give you that. We're pulling out the six packs. Let's go. Yeah, Yeah, no. How, How do you do it? How do you do it? When you're traveling, you can't have an access to gym, you know. You can't do that. Ah, it's... I don't know, man. It's it's not as bad as, as people think, really. Because actually, you can use a week off to recharge your body. It's like, Robbie must know, like, if you train every single day, if you stop, it's going to take you at least five days to not feel any pain at all. I think Robbie is a, is a different example because he does train every single day. He hasn't missed a day in the past six to seven years like he was telling me. So I don't think he's yeah, ever... Yeah, but, but that is, that's the thing, you know. Yeah. You, you train so much, you get used to the pain. And I don't know, maybe it's because I, I do like sprint training. I'm a sprinter, swimmer. Right, right. So I, I really focus my training hard when I go. So it's like really fast sets, fast laps, and a lot of rest time. Yeah. But then when I travel, I just do calisthenics. I, I don't know, my hotel, I just do some push-ups and, and find a, a bar nearby to do some pull-ups. And but I just don't stress over it. All right. And Robbie, but how about you? Like, have you ever taken a day off? Or let's say hypothetically, if you will, you'd have to take a week off or something. How would you feel? Do you think you'll be, the, you'll be in that uncomfortable zone where you would want to work out? There's, I've t- I tried to take one day off one time. I went the whole day without going to the gym. And then exactly at like 9.30 at night, I went to the gym. And then I woke up and did my usual time when I was going at 3 o'clock in the morning. There is no hype, like a hypothetical situation doesn't happen. And I actually researched, like I was wondering, like, why the hell am I getting so fatigued all the time? And yeah. like, I got my levels tested in my blood. So for insomnia, I have low serotonin levels in my blood. And then also, 
I'm in ATP storage mode, which is your adrenaline glands, like when it comes out in your fight or flight response. My mm. energy is coming from that. All my energy of constantly moving with just little sleep and going to the gym, it's tapping into those stores. So it's like I'm alert all the time, but it's like that's my energy source. So it's a quick like ADHD too. It's like 15 minutes. I, I could be like wide awake. Go, let's do this. Let's go. And then a minute later, I could be like, uh, like I look about to die. You know, it just it. Then like a minute later, I get my energy back. It sucks because I can my limit on caffeine. So caffeine never works on me at all. I could drink. I used to drink four 20 ounce Red Bulls a day um, just for breakfast. And then I'd have a bag of Skittles with that and just walk to my jet ski job that was like 10 miles away. And uh, I remember my brother's girlfriend was like, you're going you're gonna to have a heart attack. I'm like 26. It's all I'm living for. It's, it's all I care about. 26, <laughs> 26. And then uh, so I ended up kind of cutting it down. I really drink up for the taste, but my limit on caffeine, like where it actually I start to feel like a buzz, is 4,300 milligrams. I mix so much of it together and in one drink, and I was drinking it. I was like, I think I'm feeling what they call caffeine. I think I feel it. <laughs> you know, I read an article the other day. It said, well, coffee doesn't really make you more attentive in the morning. It's more to do with your psychological you know, mindset at that time, how you're feeling. I don't know whether that's true or not. But. I think that's, that, that's, that's, that's reasonable though. Cause you got to think of people that have OCD though. Like, you know how many times I, I, I mean, I used to, when I was a little kid, I used to flick the light switch like 20 times just so my parents wouldn't die. And I was like, where the hell did that come from? I don't know where that pulled out. I would just walk into a room and keep flicking the light switch. My dad's like, Hey, you know, it's like 25 cents every single time. And I'm like, hey, motherfucker, here's $10. This is for the day. And I'm just going, <laughs> like, it was, it's difficult. But I think we get this, like, my cousin, like, he needs to smoke a cigarette for him to go to the bathroom. He'll go days without going to the bathroom if he tries not to have a cigarette. Then he's like, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm like, so what are you going to do? He's like, I'm just going to smoke a cigarette real quick. Go outside, immediately take one puff, bam, up the stairs, right into the bathroom. It's a psychological thing. We build up this like stuff in our mind. And I was like, man, where does that come from? But you, you know what? I, I think it's very helpful for me to fast. Right. No aspect of life. Like we're so, we're told so many times that, you know, you need to eat every couple of hours or something bad will happen and you need to do this and that. And it's incredible how much the human body can, can do or endure if you just let it be. And if you have like a, a healthy, balanced exercise diet life, you, you can go like, I, I tell you that because of the Camino, you know, there are days in which I walked 30, 40 kilometers and I didn't eat a single thing besides breakfast. You know, I only had like breakfast and dinner. And I was like, you're you're hangry when that happens. Like I got me I got I got meal times. And sometimes if I fast, I'm like, yo, you're gonna get out of my way or I'm going through you. Like yeah, everyone Yeah, usually that's like on the first week. Yeah, and then your you body really adapts. Used to it. Yeah. Yeah. So all right, so I'm gonna switch this over to if you guys do you guys have one really like funny or crazy experience that you had in your life? I kinda wanna ask you each of you. I don't know which one to tell, man. 
I don't know which aspect of life. Well, shoot, one of your favorites, like one of the funniest things that's ever happened to you, whether it's as a child, something stupid you did, or something crazy you've done recently, or just something that like really stuck in your head, like something you're gonna remember forever, like an accomplishment. I know yours, Alex, is probably taking that long ass walk, finding Bigfoot, and then going out there and doing that. Yo, actually, when you 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 meant Bigfoot, I think of I I, I thought of Littlefoot. You know, that's why I sent you the picture. Yeah, the land before time. Like, why is this man talking about like Bigfoot dinosaur? No, the no this species of ape that I believe <laughs> is probably out there. And I swear he's a yogi chant wizard, and he hates Smokey the Bear. Oh my God! If we could get a boxing match between like mike tyson the yeti and bigfoot i was gonna ask did, did so do you, you guys believe- watch littlefoot when you were little yeah yes. land before time dude ducky okay, all cool. absolutely we did for a weird thing my brain correlates that to uh what's that family that yeah what's that thing with uh Oh, I can't blank it on his name. Uh, they just redid it like recently. They brought it back. Full House, dude. I don't know why my brain correlates that to that. I think that little ducky thing was that yeah. little baby girl. Really, it's yeah. weird. Like if you think about it, the connections your brains can make. Eh? And I read, I read that a lot in terms of where raw authenticity comes from. I know I'm taking this to a totally different tangent, but it's interesting for you to bring that up because. I read, I read a lot about, you know, your unconscious connections that your mind makes and then how it kind of like comes out in your daily activities. Some things that mm-hmm. you're flicking the light on and off 25 times has something to do with how your brain perceives something. And that's, that's a direct result of that. So, Well, the best part about this podcast here is that we're doing like you can go off on a tangent. If you have just something random that pops in your head that you kind yeah. of been wondering for a while, just throw it out there. You know, a story, whether something, you know, I mean, I talk about like you guys said I was a travel person. I yeah. honestly would rather drive somewhere um, myself. I don't like being in the passenger side of things, but like right. taking a plane has always been a pain in the ass because I've always had the worst experiences ever. Like being sitting in a controlled environment and then you're in this thing that's going to explode possibly at any moment. Same thing <laughs> with the car, but I know with the car, it's like I'm on the ground. Like I got yeah. height problems, you know? It's I, I remember being a kid and walking over to the edge and my dad just going up behind me going, huh! and like right behind me, I'm like, huh! Huh! and it's like freaking out. Like, cause it's, it's, he would do that for fun. I'm like, yeah. Dude, you know, I got height issues. He's like, yeah. He's like, get over it. And I'm like, but we're on a, like a 50 story building right now. I'm looking over the edge. Like I'm going to be aware. Like if there were zombies coming and one of us is jumping off, like I'm throwing you off and I don't even know what I'm doing with the zombies. I'll take the zombies. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, all the, the strange connections that you're making, like Jagrid said, I was just thinking, I was reading about the Memory Palace the other day. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Big fan of Memory Palace. Yeah, and it's really strange because often we associate with trying to remember something directly. But usually, if you make strange connections, the more bizarre the connections are, the better for you to remember. Even if you have like to take like the wrong, the long way around it. Yeah. It's easier for your mind to grasp. So do you do you do mind palacing, Alex? If that's the case, I try to. Right, it's it's hard as f, but yeah, it takes time. But it's really cool. Like you can remember a lot of stuff at once. What is f? 
Oh, he just meant to say AF. Yeah, AF. As fuck? Exactly. I don't know the rating of your podcast. You can cuss on here. I tell people be legit. If you feel like dropping one of those. I mean, I do it so much. My grandma listens to my podcast. And I know she's just like, why do you curse so much? I'm like, because I, I curse in my everyday life. It's a stress relief. Like, you know, if you, yeah. you know, something spills on the floor, you're like, shit, I got to clean that up. Like, you know, what's interesting. I went the first 20 years of my life. I went through them without cussing. And when I hit 21, I was like, I'm done with this shit. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You're talking to a kid right here, and yeah. I convinced my parents to let me cuss at 14 years old. Wow. I was sitting at the dinner table, and I remember this exactly, every detail about it. We were having mashed potatoes and steak, okay? This is yes. back before I was hitting the gym, and I was just playing video games all the time. So I'm sitting there. My dad's on my left. My mom's on my right. My brother's sitting straight ahead of me. And I just look. I go, guys. It really sucks that I have to say mother effer. It would be so much easier if I could say the cuss word because it's happening at my school and the kids are making like they're saying it to me. And all I say is mother effer and they make, you know, they crack jokes on it. Let me say a curse word. I like had this convincing argument. And afterwards, my parents looked both at each other. My brother looked at me like, you just fucking say it. Like, what? Like, why are you asking permission? Like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever been a part of. And (laughs) my mom just looks at my dad and goes, I think, you know, if he's defending himself, it should be right. And my dad's like, okay, but you can't say the N-word. And I was like, thank you. And then I went to school the next day. Like, hey, mom, I can fucking cuss now. And it's like, it was was a moment in my life. And my brother just looked at me. He's like, you got to be a salesman or something, dude. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you did that. I was like, man, I don't know. There's a way of talking I get with it where I'm just like, look. I'm going to hit you with all the pros. I'm not really going to bring up the cons. And then I'll bring up some of the cons if you bring up some. But it is like a balance, you know, because if you swear too much, then it, it kind of loses its power. Well, so you you got to like save for the special occasions. Don't yeah. be the Gordon Ramsay. Well, you got to have, you got to have, Ramsay. <laughs> you got to have, you got to have those, like, you got to have the ones in your back pocket. Like I'm pretty sure there's a couple where you hit it and it's like, whoa, like, yeah calm it down a little bit but then there's like simple ones like you know shit or something like i took a shit yeah. you know that's that's so that's so leveled out now like because people say that all the time i also think that it's freaking weird that we all have words that understand exactly what the meaning is behind it you know what i mean like you know i could say a word and it could have multiple meanings but when i say it in that moment it means that that's so mm-hmm. true yeah hey that that kind of reminds me of something that happened to me a couple of days ago you know because i'm in the uk so there are a lot of cultural differences. So I was out with my girlfriend. We were about to grab dinner, yeah? So I just go in, and then we're waiting f- to be seated. This guy walks up, and I said, table for two, right? And then if, oh, you- so, <laughs> so if you're in the UK, yeah? So one of the things you got to understand is this, right? Showing the symbol of two with your hand flipped is a swear sign. Yeah. It means bugger off, you know? So but, the but guy you know do you know why? Because that's from the time where the British fought with the French. With the French, exactly. And I think either one of them, they cut off the fingers from the archers. So right. they could not, uh, you know, throw arrows anymore. Right. So they just did this to show off. So the guy, the waiter, looked at me and said, can you not swear at me, please? I didn't do anything. And I was like, I wasn't trying to. I was just asking for a table for two. And then, you know, 
interesting experience that happened with me. It was funny. I was laughing my ass off after that. And I, I don't know like, if you yeah. if you guys have ever seen Scary Movie Three. So I haven't. No. They meet no. these aliens, and the dude walks up, and he's like, "You were choking us," and he goes, "Stop! We come in peace." And he's like, "You were choking us." He goes, "That's just how we say hello." And he was choking <laughs> the guy. And then, um, like, hello. And then uh, he goes, how do you guys say goodbye? And the dude kicks him square in the nuts. And this came out when I was a kid. I was in middle school, seventh grade. So everyone started doing that. Do you know in China, if you kick somebody in the nuts, it means hello. So there's like a bunch of kids covering their nuts because everyone's just walking around like, you know, the teacher stops. Like, Robbie, why are you kicking this kid in the nuts? I'm like, look. This is how I say hello. So, you know, when you really mean a hello, instead of doing like, you know, the close hand, like come in here and bring them in and then give them like the pat on the shoulder or something that we all do now. Yeah. Punt that motherfucker in the nuts. You just <laughs> straight up. Bam! Next thing you know, like the kid's like, I got to go to the nurse. You go, why? I don't feel good. My stomach hurts. Like it was, it was, I don't know if you guys had that type of stuff happen, but like maybe I just went to a dumb school district. Like I was basically considered retarded through school, so. No, but I did. I was a goalkeeper at soccer here in Brazil. Well, and let's say that I played a lot. And eventually, if you're a goalkeeper, people are going to kick you instead of the ball. They're going right. to hit your nuts. Right. And that hurts. I, the day my last soccer game was I got kicked in the nuts and I said, this is it. And I threw my shin guards down. I was like, I'm done. I was a goalie. So, Alex, you could probably relate. Our hands, like getting stepped on, kicked, you know, jammed, something like that, like going in for a ball. Someone's like, nah. And then you're on the ground and they see that and you would think, oh, they would stop. No, 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 no. They're going to keep kicking that ball trying to get a goal. Like I'm talking about, I was probably middle school, like, you know, playing this. So it's like a bunch of kids at a rec field and we're set up on two different teams. Um, you know, all the parents lined up on the side and everything. And I got my finger kicked and then someone stepped on my hand with a cleat. And then I remember I slid up to this ball one time. This kid ran up, point blank. I mean, best kicker on the other team for sure. He was definitely like in school, like going, like going varsity early. And he kicked it as hard as he could. And it went straight, like, I mean, probably arm's length away into my nuts. And I literally, wow. I got up. I was like, and I was like shocked. Like I had so much adrenaline in me. My dad rushed out onto the field. I like started walking, like limping to the bathroom. Immediately was like, yo, like you're done. Sorry, that's not happening again. I'm like, oh, dude, like I was so sick for the rest of the night. I was like, I've had those experiences, you know, playground experiences where you're talking about like we had this, uh, this hanger that you would jump on and freaking slide, uh, down like this, like pole or whatever and i remember jumping slipping and then banging my chest on the steps up to it knocked the wind straight out of me i didn't know what the hell happened well are you still able to have children i don't know your dna i'm still afraid to fucking look it's been like (laughs) it's been like 16 years i don't even check down there anymore i just pull the pants down piss look back up you know i i hate people that have a mirror in their bathroom that is staring at you when you're taking a poop. Right. Oh no, that's really weird. Why do we why do you hate when there's a mirror, you know, when you're taking a shit, you know? Why do you want to look at yourself when you're pooping? I don't want to see the facial. For me, I'm a very facial expression type of person. Like when I talk, my face goes all over, eyebrows all left and right, you know. Oh, and then when I'm when you're taking a poop, I don't know if it's like for you, like mine or like 
it, they're disastrous. It's like earthquake, like disaster zone, stage eight, uh, hurricane, you know, tropical floods, tsunami type shit where I'm like, I've had people, I've walked out of the bathroom and people will go, do I need to take you to the hospital? I'm like, why? I literally have a legit text from my mom at like four o'clock in the morning. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I was just running to the bathroom. She's like, you ran, like you ran to the bathroom. And I was like, yeah, like I had to go. Like, and they're like, do you don't think that's wrong with you? I was like, I literally, like, I was lucky the pants were able to come down in time. I got stuck with, with the tie because I was wearing board shorts. So I got stuck trying to unknot because I don't even know how to tie my shoes. So it's like I'm sitting there trying to like eh. my hands are like just going through like the worst stages of like Parkinson's and I can't get <laughs> down. Actually, I'm ripping like bam. And then like I stand up. That's why I need one of those airplane toilets, dude. I've talked about this so much. I swear. But uh, it's like so you don't want to look at you. The question came from it's like I never saw uh, a mirror in front of someone sitting there. You don't look good when you're pooping. You just you don't. No, but then again, there's this question. Isn't that natural to human behavior to look at your poop once you have done it? Before flushing it. Before flushing it. Right. You're not right in the head if you don't. I every you want to know something weird that I've discovered really recently? Everyone in the world might have an interesting thing about them. But let's question the fact that everyone wipes differently. Yeah. It's true. Some people don't even wipe, they wash. You don't even see a, a commercial for toilet paper anymore. That doesn't need to happen. Who's not buying toilet paper unless you have a bidet? You know, you can you could shower to shit or shit to shower, but like everyone's wiping toilet paper. They're like, we don't need to. You're buying it. What are you talking about? Why do we need to get the brand out there? One side softer, one side. I mean, that's true on yeah. so many accounts. Um, I honestly hate Charmin. Like this is like this is like deep deep talk here. We're talking Charmin. Yeah. There's their toilet paper is all right, but like I find like sometimes you get the ones that are really really thin. And ah, oh, dude, I'm sorry, but when I go for a roll, I'm just ripping the whole thing, getting balled up, and freaking you know wiping. wiping. Some people do one square. I'm like, no, that's not that's it. not gonna cut it, mate. No, it's just less of an area. But Alex, like, do they use toilet papers down in Brazil, or is it more like the jet system? Oh, no, no, we're the Benelli's. Benelli's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't have brands. It's all one stuff. Have you actually ever wiped your ass? Look at Romy's <laughs> face. It's like for a second, he believes that. You ever, have you, no, I'm like being serious. Have you ever actually wiped your butt with nature? I have. I didn't have you want, to. You want to talk about connecting. Jagrat, now you've done this. You know what that feels like. Absolutely, man. I mean, the moment you try to you know when the resources are scarce let me put it that way you know how lucky you were living the way you were living comes into perspective <laughs> have now, you, have you ever had an emergency poop scenario where like you were in a place you probably can't go to the bathroom but you've done it oh if you if you're talking about peeing in the bush then i've done that a million times no, no, no. I'm talking about taking it just a full on. I got to take a shit. There's nowhere to go, pull over, or you're in like some place you have to go and you have to just find a place and get your shame out. Definitely, man. Yeah, nighttime Where? walking in rural oh. India, you know, oh, after dude, having a curry. Savage. So you can imagine the scenario. 
Oh, dude. All right. You got to paint me a picture. I'll give you an experience, dude. I'll be open yeah, no, about it. Definitely. More open. But it's very common, you know, because in India, we don't use toilet papers, you know, because my family is Indian. So what we have is called the jet system. Water wastage, I know, but that's how we are tuned to wash our poops. You know, we wash it, we don't wipe it. So it's obviously natural for me to use water, you know. So I'm down there walking. I'm alone. Fortunately, it's dark. So even if I am shitting, nobody's going to know. Right, but I'm walking home, rural India, trees on the side. Luckily for me, no one's around. Need a shit, go in the bushes, you know, do the business. As Alex said, like leaves work perfectly. Near perfection is what I was looking for, you know, just because I know I'd be getting home, taking a shower, and everything. So that's what happened. And this is this is what I question about homeless people, like because I met a couple of homeless people in Hawaii yeah. that were sitting on a curb and they were talking about the softest curbs in the neighborhoods. Like they had maps pulled out wow. and they were just telling people like, this is a great spot to sleep at night. There's amusing, there's because there's a high percentage of homeless people in Hawaii because the weather is so nice that you don't really need to be indoors all the time. There's no severe climate change really, you know, there'll be rainy and all this type of stuff, but there's like, once you get off the airport, there's a literally a bridge and all under it when I went was nothing but tents. And like, I have an emergency shit scenario too, but you have to question. They definitely talk about what's the best thing to wipe your ass with. They do. They do. Yeah. What you- like you that's one like that for me my my you want to know my crap scenario that i have so i got back from a baltimore ravens game okay it took us forever this is like i'm maybe 10 11 years old so ah man it was we were in the parking garage and all the cars were lined up trying to leave so we were going to be there probably another hour and i'm sitting there like i have to go right now there's nowhere i can walk i'm on like the 12th floor of this parking garage the nearest place to go to the bathroom we have no clue my grandfather's sitting up front my dad's in the back um with me sitting beside me um my brother's in the car as well i'm like i have shit like it's it's coming out now so i start opening up the door my dad's like you're we're in baltimore like you're you're 11 years old you're not going out on your own right now like no and i'm like okay so i went over to the there were two parked cars right beside me got over to the edge and just let it go and next thing i know my grandfather's like you need toilet paper i'm like yeah you got toilet paper and you know older people keep napkins and stuff in there when i rolled toilet paper we were on our way nobody ever brought it back up again i've always kind of wanted to like bring it up and be like what'd you think about that because no one talked about it It was a silent ride home we're listening (laughs) did you wash your did you wash your hands at least i didn't get any on my hand i use a lot of toilet paper to make sure there's no no contact but when i got home i definitely my dad was like you you know wash yourself off you know make sure wipe again make sure you got it all we were in a rushing scenario and i'm like how did nobody there was one person on their phone like world star world star this 11 year old kid is taking a shit between two parked cars after a baltimore ravens game nobody is nobody sees this come on man wow dude that's crazy stuff you guys have been through have you? I think Alex. it's all the curves and all the yeah, yeah. How do you travel and not have a shit story? I don't, man. I think he fasts. That's one other thing about fasting. You don't. Yeah, shit that might much. be it. Yeah, because I don't eat on planes. Oh well, plain plain food's crap. So 
Yeah, so like, I don't. you gotta have it, man. I feel super hungry on planes, and I don't see myself turning away that food no matter how shit yeah, it like, is. Like, it's not a shit story, but the first time I went to a plane and I ate plain food, I just wanted to throw it all up. Wow. And yeah, yeah. So never again. Now, what's what's one food that you guys particularly like? Like, what's one fast food place? What's one meal that you'd want to sit down and have as a last meal? Like, what what would that be? Oh, I know mine. You know why, Robbie? I'll tell you why. One day we'll all be dead and forgotten, but until then, there's ice cream. What type of ice cream though? You 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 you're hitting the you're hitting the like the a broad spectrum here. Let's go. Come on. You know, uh, you know vanilla for every occasion. Yeah, vanilla. But pistachio always works. It's cuz you you you're from Brazil, you like that okay, nuts. We get it. We get it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we like nuts, man. Dude, for me, like I I don't really eat a whole lot of like trail mix and stuff. Usually I just pick out the M&Ms. I'm that savage. Um but like, you know, for me, ice cream, Ben and Jerry's, uh, fish food, it's chocolate fudge fish with marshmallow, gooey caramel, and a chocolate. I used to kill a pint of that in a whole sitting. Like back in the day when I was a kid, just that, that my dad would get after work and we'd have like three hours to spend. He'd be like, here's Ben and Jerry's. Next thing you know, I'm eating Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Kill. Dude, when you're eating, it's like a bag of chips. When you're eating and just doing like watching TV or something, next thing you know, it's gone. That's so true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's your favorite ice cream, Jerry? Oh, my favorite ice cream would be um, call me posh or whatever, make fun of me, but I like Belgian chocolate, man. I also like some Oreo cookies on top. That works better. Nice. But some Belgian chocolate, you know, would do the job. In terms of my last day, I'm going all in Japanese and ordering a ramen. I can live off ramen for the rest of my life, I believe. Now, how do you cook the ramen? Because I've never been able to do it correctly. Every time I throw it in the like oven, or I usually microwave it because I'm a quick meal type of guy. I don't like sitting and cooking for a process. It's just I think of meals as like it needs to happen. I usually wait till like last minute when I'm like at the point of starvation where I'm like, let's go. And uh, the chicken flavor, the beef flavor, I never get it right. Next thing I know, I just end up eating the ramen dry and then taking the the ripping of it and just rip it and rip the flavoring into my mouth. My buddy's like, what are you doing? I'm like, Hey, I need a liquid to kind of get all, like I'm talking with my mouth open. Like, ah, like I need a liquid to get the taste in there. And he'll just grab an energy drink. Crack yeah. It. That's the milk and note meal story. So true. Well, I'm talking about like genuine ramen, like off the Japanese restaurant, not like the instant noodles in which you get the flavor in, in that little packet. And then you put it in. Yeah, for me, I would have to say, ah, oh, dude, if I could have one last meal for something, I'd have to have like something like a good like red meat or something, but like burnt to a crisp, yo. Like, I mean, charcoal. Yeah. I love that. Like that, like because I grew up, I grew up eating really? campfire food. Basically, me and my dad would camp all the time. Um, so like we would, he would cook up like burgers all these things on a campfire wrapped in tin foil so it gets that smoky kind of taste to it that keeps all the flavor inside dude and those were whoo i could kill like a nice like baked potato from that all those types of things dude those man it's so much better man yeah you know what robbie you're talking about the last meal do you think people know like when they're going to die like a day before something like that 
you think people get that that sense? That sense. Okay, that's a good question. That's a deep question, man. Average, yeah. Average people, or are you talking about like? No, average people, because it's like like jail sentence people. Like what? Like jail sentence people, like. There's people that when they're on death row or something, they ask, like, what do you want for a last meal? Oh, no, no. I mean, like, regular people. Yeah, like, somewhere, you, like, you generally. Oh, dude, like, everybody's generally. last meal is going to be, like, Cheez-Its or some, like, off-brand, like, you know, like, not no, even no, the good No, cereal. I'm not talking about food anymore, you food maniac. What? He's moved on. He's saying, like, do people generally get a sense of when they're last I'm about to die oh like like that I better make this day count something like that I definitely think it hits a lot of people um like just out of the moment like whoa but I definitely think like there are days where I'm like man every single green light on the way home this is nuts and then I just have to stop like I'm not going outside I'm not doing anything and like my family's like what are you talking about what do you mean you're not going outside I'm like I hit every green light on the way home that never happens death is at my door nobody talked to me going to my room going to bed Day's gonna be over. <laughs> Do you feel the same way, Alex? I don't know, man. I don't know. Like you gotta think. If you hit the Powerball, you gotta have that high feeling. Like, oh my god! Like, this is nuts. I just won the Powerball. Then you go outside the front door and get hit by a car, and next thing you know, it's like that that show, My Name Is Earl, where he lost his lottery ticket, starts floating away. You know what? <laughs> if, if every time I, I I play the lottery, I I use the exact numbers of lost: four, eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, forty-two. And if I win, I'll get on a plane from Sydney to I think LA, something like that. Wow, San Francisco. I don't know because I want to see if that island is real. I've won more off scratch offs than I have gambling. I gambled once. It's not for me. I know I haven't like an a, a, I can get addicted to things easy like quick um so when I went into the the lottery, I remember it was my 21st birthday I went with my cousin and it was actually this summer and uh, cuz it I did a couple months after I turned 21 and I f- rolled the thing I lost probably six bucks, but I made 69 cents. I just cashed out the receipt voucher and it's, it's posted up in my room. It's, I just have it stapled. They're like, it's just 69 cents. I'm like, but it's 69. And I just like slow walking out of the casino. Like, so yeah, no, I mean, I believe Alex to answer your question. I think when things are going too good for people, they kind of just with, and I think Robbie's example plays well with this as well. When things are going too good for people, they actually take a step back and imagine that what if this is a sign, you know? And that kind of like function, make functions in a way that our brain has tuned to perform that way. I don't know. I don't know how that works out, but this actually leads me to a question that I want to ask Robbie and you, you know, is. When was the time, like an age, probably, and give me a number, how old were you when you kind of realized that, okay, well, there's more to life than it seems right now. There is a purpose. I haven't found it yet, but there's more to life than this. When did that happen? Hmm. Um, For me, I mean, honestly, I definitely when my buddy called me when before I started the podcast and it was kind of the spark that got me into it, like having that call and realizing like there's people suffering with something, but I was honestly like got to a point where it was like, fuck, it's just work this. And then you die. You just work until you die. I still have those moments I get hit with in the day. Like shit, man, I've done nothing. I've done nothing. Not spending anything. I'm just miserable. But then it's like, 
that's why I say I stay open-minded on anything from the paranormal to all these interesting things like religion. You know, I dived heavily into parody of religions. We all know I'm an ordained minister. So it's like, come on, you know, under the church of bacon, of course. And so you can marry me off. I literally can. And I can also give last rites. So it's like when someone's getting the needle to them, I'm like, yo, I'm ordained under the church of bacon, letting you know. You are going to bacon heaven, sir, and then tap them on the head. Bam, gone. <laughs> but it was, it was something. Was like once you stay open minded and you don't close yourself off from anything, and you just yeah. not even if you believe in it. But like I understand where religion falls and where people get hardcore Christian. You know, yeah, it's you needed that at that moment when someone sees it when their son dies. Someone I work with, you know, her husband became paralyzed. So she mm. talks about how she turns to religion. She's helped me out in tough spots. I've been like, I don't, I don't know what it's like to even like, there are days I walk into work. I'm like, I just don't know. It's the same shit every day. I need something new. I need something interesting yeah. to happen. And she's like, you know, don't, don't worry about like this depression thing. It's your demons, you know, look to God, look to this. And I'm like, I get, and I really appreciate that advice. You know, it's not for me, but I understand and I'm open to it and I'm not going to close you off. And once you start closing yourself off from anything, it's like walking into a buffet and saying, I'm only going to have this. I'm only going to have the salad. Now you go to a buffet so you can have a wide variety of options. Just pick an option. You want religion? Okay, go for religion. You want politics? Go for politics. Like everyone's got different tastes. Doesn't mean we can't try everything. Yeah. Well, it's a tough question, Jagrit. I don't think I ever had a, a moment like that, like it's it's always been there for me. Like, never question it. I know that there's something greater to all of it, and because you know, I'm lucky enough. I I never been through real hardship. Like, all my grandparents are still alive, and I, I my parents are fantastic. Like, they brought me up very well. I. I went to school i had food on the table so i just i never like there was one time in which i was 11 i'd say my mom was uh ran over by a car and uh it was very tough and it was like a miracle that she made it and then i i really stopped and thought oh god so i, I really need to make the most out of each and every moment because it might end sooner than i expected but I don't know. I, it's not like life is always great, but it's, there, there are a few moments that really count. And it's, it might be when you're in some place special, when you're with someone special, but it's really like, it's not even a minute. It's like 20 seconds that you just completely filled with joy. And that it just hits you and you, you sense like, oh my God, this is what life is about. And I know that tomorrow I'm going to feel like crap and, you know, but I'll, I'll try to remember that those few moments with all my strength and try to replicate them and come up with new stuff, you know? I think that's how I think. Absolutely, man. Puts a new perspective of life, doesn't it? And I think most of it, Judging by both of your examples has to do with the fear of losing someone who's close to you, you know, puts that into that. But again, no, interesting question. And then it leads me to the, to the next question, which is like a sub question to the previous question I asked was, have you ever had instances? I'm a non-religious guy. I don't believe in religion. Agnostic, you can call me, you know, 
but have you guys have encounters with something supernatural or something that didn't make sense, but I've actually talked had a about lasting it before. Impact. So my, all right. So there used to be a show called Ghost Whisper. All right. You know what Ghost Whisper right. is? I have no idea. Jennifer Love Hewitt, I mean, hot as hell. Well, the guy that wrote that show actually has like a, like, like, psychic abilities what they call and i podcast with people that say they have psychic abilities i'm in 100 belief of it because i've had a dream where i've woken up and i this happened to me probably six seven months ago and i was like that was just i don't really ever dream if i sleep and it's like they're but they're really impactful so i went downstairs i was like i just had a weirdest dream there was a dude lying in like a channel a canal type like ditch near some water and he was like it was a body and like my mom's like can you do me a favor and i'm like what and she's like look at this photo was this the guy showed me the photo of the guy and i'm like yeah how'd you know she's like where did you see it and i'm like okay and i explained to her what i was seeing in my dream then they found him like a day later now my mom has told me before that our whole family on my on her side has had psychic abilities. My grandma could speak to the dead, and I never believed it, but I was introduced to it at 11 years old. Um, my there's a girl that was missing when I was a little kid, and they were looking for a body at this point. But the parents just wanted to know where it was so they could have something to bury because they just want closure. And my mom runs to my dad like in a panic, like someone just got shot, and was like, "Hey, like I need you to call this in." And my dad's like, what? Like, not a psychic believer at all. He's like, call it in anonymously. This is where it's at, Go, right here. They found the girl exactly where my mom was saying. And my dad was full belief after that. And, like, my mom talks about, like, you have this thing that's called emp- empaths. Um, there's, like, old stuff from, like, Salem witch trials. It's not all, like, bend a spoon type shit. Uh, it's, it's more about, like, I think we all have that type of psychic or paranormal or super, whatever supernatural thing in us, like I was saying. It's like a sixth sense. More people are like empathic, touch of their emotions. Like, for me, being, like, I use it kind of in podcasting a little bit. I can kind of sense where I should take a conversation. I'm really good at reading people. I can tell if someone's bad. I can tell if someone's good. I can tell, you know, what their interests or, you know, just getting onto the conversation level. But like, I've, I, I mean, this is what keeps me up at night too. Um, I, it'll be two o'clock in the morning and I can sense through my fucking wall, my neighbor's stress levels. Like I, I, I researched it really in psychology. It's called a high level of empathy. Some people are known to have the psychic ability empathic, which is more touch with your emotions, your sensitive side. It's seen as more of a female characteristic because of the sensitivity aspect. But I used to get, we all got deja vu, I'm pretty sure at one point. Oh yeah, definitely. We, so I get it all the time still now. It happens when you're at a young age predominantly because your brain is going through so much chemical imbalances and changes that usually it stops around 12 years old. But the whole time before that, you'll get deja vu, like feels like every day kind of style. And some people lose it because their brain balances out, but then some people hold it and it becomes more powerful. So with the ghost whisperer thing, I was saying my mom met the guy when I was about three or four years old, when I was just a little child. And she had one question to ask because she's read all of his books and all these types of things and walked up to him. was like, I have a question to you about my son. And the guy immediately stopped her and says, is his name Robbie Robertson? And my mom's like, yeah and she's never met the guy she's a radio personality person so she in, she interviews people on there talks to people like murray from impractical jokers and all this oh, I watched that like, show. <laughs> yeah my mom stops and goes 
how do you know my kid's name? And she goes, he's going to be a powerful psychic one day. And my mom has been full belief of that. And she's seen it from me. Like apparently like I've seen ghosts or something that my grandmom can do, which I didn't even know at the time. I thought like we used to, there's an old hotel in my area on my podcast with a couple people that do like horror hotel podcasts and stuff, which I'm going to release later down in October when we're getting to the spooky season. But like, I, I start staying open-minded with things because I know things I can't explain. I know um, so much stuff that people can do they can't explain. But staying at this hotel, like, remember one day I was sick. There was only a couple people there. Um, it's called the Atlantic Hotel. You can look it up. It's in Berlin. They call ourselves world's smallest t- or world's coolest small town, which I think is the dumbass title because I used to draw dicks all over the walls. Down, down that town. So whatever they remodeled, it looks completely different. But it's crazy because she she had a story. She was like, and I remember it thoroughly. I was watching Scooby Doo on the television. Okay, it's that scene where they go into the mountains and it's that Dracula thing. I forgot what it is, but they had that band that was playing Earth, Wind, and Fire or something. And this woman comes into my room. I'm staying there sick, so we live down the street. So my mom just took me into work with her. She's downstairs in like the restaurant kind of waitress area. And this woman comes in and goes, hey, um, do you need anything? Are you okay? What's your name? And I'm like, my name's Robbie. And it's an older like, African-American woman um, dressed really in kind of like a weird old style retro type thing, which I figured was because that's the hotel plays off that old style theme. It's supposed to be old yeah. hotels built in 1894. And this is around 2006 probably. And I was like, um, no, I'm good. My mom's downstairs. I'm staying home sick from school. But like, if I need anything, I'll go down and ask her. She goes, okay, well, let me know. I'll make you a sandwich or something. I'll come back later. And then she walked out the door and immediately, you know, I waited a second, kind of hopped off my bed real fast, ran down the corner and looked out the doorway. Next thing I know, nobody's there. And I was like, I, I walked downstairs. Hey, and my mom's with my aunt downstairs. And, um, the waitress kind of area, like right straight down the steps is the restaurant. And I'm like, Hey, I just met this woman. She was so nice, but like, Hey, I'm kind of hungry. I do want a sandwich. And uh, my mom's staring at me with her mouth open. And my aunt is staring at me with her mouth open. And I'm like, what I say did I, that I, was I not supposed to talk to anybody? I'm so sorry. And like, next thing you know, my mom's like, there's only three people on staff right now. It's me, your aunt. And then there's Bob in the kitchen. And I'm like, okay, when's my sandwich coming out? (laughs) And like, after that, she's like, you can, you can see them. You're like, and my grandma won't talk about it. I don't, I've been more open to it talking about it because it does, it is cool, like a mystical aspect. And it helps me kind of stay open-minded to believing in that skeptic side of me. But I, you know, I, it's difficult because there's no evidence on it that's sufficient enough to go through it. Like you can't replicate it in a study, even though there's been government experiments on them creating a ghost, all group of people doing it and then summoning it through a Ouija board. That's been a government experiment, like all this type of stuff. I think we're all trying to find reasoning to explain that paranormal side out there. That's a hell of a story, man. I got stories, Alex. You got them too. Yeah, Come I on, do. Throw them on the table. Yeah, but I, if I'm going to look like a loon on my own podcast, I want you guys to freaking tell me some more sh- shit. Yeah, I will, man. Go ahead, Alex. Yeah, I, I just need to. I think I'll switch to my computer because my battery's running out. So if you just 
give me right. like a minute or so. All right. Well, Jari, what about you? Paranormal. Come on. Well, that's not interesting, but like I've never had any paranormal experience in my life yet, to be honest. You know, I've never had encounters with something which is supernatural. I've had instances where something's going on and I can't really tell, you know, what it is. Uh, but one thing which I can say is I remember when I was a kid, um, I don't know whether it's called lucid dreaming or is lucid dreaming something totally different, but I could feel it. I was there. I was there in a place. There were people around. I was having conversations with one of them. And then literally in the right, like next second, I was in a different place, totally different. Whether I was unconscious for about a minute and then woke up and then realized, but that's the only one thing which I can. I've done extensive sleep studies. Lucid dreaming is when yeah. you're in a dream and you realize you are in a dream. Um, right. So, so I don't know if I talked to you guys about this, but my theory a little bit behind like another plane or existence out there comes to the fact of I like you ever heard of um rapid eye movement like REM sleep you know like you, yeah, yeah okay yeah so there's a thing called a hypnic jerk I always kind of wondered this because my buddy sleeps with his fucking eyes open and it's scary as hell um I've had conversations with him and he wakes up and goes are you talking to me I'm like I've been talking to you for an hour and a half you've been asleep? He's like, yeah. I'm like, you sleep with your eyes open? He's like, yeah. I'm like, you got to warn a motherfucker next time you sleep with your eyes open. Holy, like that scares, you got like, someone's going to like sleep the next beside you and just wake up and be like, hey, I've been talking to you for 45 minutes. But it's crazy because, um. so my theory on everything is, I started researching B theory of time, which is like these alternate parallel universes that are going on. Um, yeah. And I started realizing like with rapid eye movement is you're, when you're sleeping and you go to the hypnic jerk that happens when your brain hits yeah. a REM sleep cycle and you feel like your, your heart rate drops real low and your heart wakes itself up. So that's when you hop up out of bed like, whoa. And um, it's because it thinks you were dying. So yeah. with REM sleep and your eyes moving under your eyelids, I think that is your eyes searching for another portal or another alternate universe, which uses as a dream. Right. So, yeah, I've read that about a lot because... Hang on one second. I go, go ahead. But no, as I was saying, yeah. Yeah, I was saying that, you know, I, I go through and I still go through it is something called sleep paralysis. And I write about this a lot. So if you scroll through my blog, you'll see the first few poems and stuff that I wrote is about sleep paralysis. You know, it happens when um, my mind is conscious, but at the same time, I can't move my body because I'm paralyzed, you know, so I can, I just have to stay there for about five to six minutes until my body regains consciousness and I'm able to move. So I've read a lot about, you know, sleep therapy, sleep studies and everything. I haven't found a solution yet to combat that. Uh, but yeah, so you're talking about lucid dreaming and everything, REM sleep. I, I go through that stuff a lot, you know, in terms of sleep paralysis. And when it first happened, it was scary as shit. So I think I can include this in that supernatural story. I still remember I was in seventh grade waking up and not being able to move my body. And I was like, holy shit, I'm paralyzed. I can't move. You know, I tried to wake up my, my brother who was sleeping in the bed right next to me because we sleep, slept in the same room. Is it? You guys slept in the same room. I, I mean, I, I had that with my brother too. We slept in the bunk beds. So I understand. But like, were you disoriented at all? Were you like? 
no, I had total sense. I could hear things. I could see things. And I still can. Like, this happens to me. It happened to me every other day. But now I'm more used to it because I know it will end. But back then, when I was in seventh grade, and this was happening to me for the first time, I had no knowledge. I think with sleep so, paralysis, it's a disconnect from your brain's functioning to your motor skills. Um, exactly, yeah, because the brain shuts off because you're meant to be sleeping. Yeah. But then some part of it triggers awakeness, you know, but the, but the motor senses are not up yet. Like, it's crazy because you know how they say, don't wake a sleepwalker? Yeah. So I actually used to sleepwalk as a kid. Um, my dad would just like, he, he'd be like, why were you coming downstairs at three o'clock in the morning, man? Like, what are you doing? You went immediately into the kitchen and opened up a box of cinnamon toast crunch. I'm like, I'm like, did I eat it? And he's like, no, he's like, you just opened it up, left it on the table and walked right back upstairs. I was sitting there yelling at you. And I'm like, okay, but this one, I was like a little child. So he used to, most of the times it happened, I would just come downstairs because he used to be out all night and come home at like two o'clock in the morning. So I would subconsciously wake up and go downstairs and sit right. with him just to spend some time with him. But I wouldn't be awake for it. Like I wouldn't be consciously registering anything. Right. And he just, right. Care, I just get like glimpses of like, I remember staring at the steps and slowly like, he's picking me up, holding me over his shoulder and just walking me back up the bed and laying me down. And then I would conquer right back out again. But well, it seems like you went through a lot of sleep problems, Robbie, and you still do. Doesn't it's, it? it's, 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 priority or primarily because of ADHD is very difficult for me to lose the energy as a kid I used to run around all the time but like if I don't I'm constantly doing something I guess I'm talking to you my brain's running off onto different things my foot's tapping uncontrollably it's just difficult for my, me to sit still even when I sleep it affects it I feel like two hours is what regenerates me so I got, do you think there's a limit to you and makes you not able to function at your highest potential? Is, it, is that something that you're kind of used to now and, and carry on with it? I definitely have days where like I'll be up at two o'clock in the morning doing a podcast, like for someone in Africa or something. And yeah. I'll take a nap later in the day. Like before I go to the gym, I'll take like an hour nap and then I'll get up and go. But it's, I definitely feel like today I had nothing to do all day, no podcast or anything. So I was pretty yeah. good, like sleep wise. Um, right. just, just got a bunch of stuff done that ended up just chilling at home, feeling more accomplished. I think it's all the mentality too, because if I don't think Absolutely. about sleep, if I don't think about food, I don't have to enjoy it or I don't even have to even dive into it. And then my body just will like shut down at one point. But like I've been waking up and sleepwalking before and I've been completely disoriented. I've been laying in bed afraid to move because my window that's usually on my right is now on my left. Everything's flip-flopped. Everything's reversed. Up is down. I would try and move my arm up like you I normally would. It would go down instead. Like my whole coordinates, like someone just switched it into Japanese mode on your controller. Next thing you know, everything's backwards. And I've been wow. freaked out to the point like I don't know what's going on. And since I don't get sleep and my buddy sleeps with his eyes open, I started doing heavy research into this with lucid dreaming. Uh, one, Ironautics, the people like you ever seen the movie Inception with um, yes, 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 Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio? Yeah, like, that's a that's a actual thing. It's also tied together with um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, astral projection. The monks that believe they can summon their spirit out of their body and fly all over and do that. Oh, it's like in Doctor Strange. Yeah. That's exactly what one aeronautics is going into someone's brain and affecting their dreams. This is why I tell people it's good if you get powerful nightmares, even when you're older age, it's usually something in your life that's a problem that you need to fix. It's subconsciously something in the 
back of your head that's just waiting there. And I think you see people with more nightmares nowadays because nobody's handling their problems or stress well. They're not coping and they're not dealing with it. They're pushing it down the line and subconsciously your brain is trying to, it's like a a reminder on your phone, like, hey, bam, it pops up. Like, oh, I forgot about that. Dismiss it. It's going to keep popping up until you've done it or you've cleared it. Yeah, it's true. Do you think dreams have hidden meanings that have to do with people's actual lives, some sort of messages, if you would, like smoke streams into something which is a lot bigger than your imagination? That's what they tell you to eliminate nightmares. You make a diary or make a dream journal, what they call it now. And you most of the times I can't even remember. Exactly. So So when you wake up from something like this, the way to solve a nightmare is you write down exactly the key bits that you really remember from that dream as fast as you possibly can. Keywords, smaller is better. Like if you say, you know, if you're in a dark mansion and someone's killing you or something, say murderer, dark mansion, scary, like keywords. And then you look back at it later, your brain will start remembering the dream. And then you focus on what that might mean in your life. You say murderer, it's probably someone that's a harmful influence towards you. And there's a whole book on it. There's an encyclopedia of what those words mean in your dream. Like sleep is really difficult because it's essential for a lot of people. But what really got me interested, like besides being an insomniac myself, um, is the fact that there is a thing that used to happen in an old primal level of things. So the primal level of things, there's a thing known as night watchers. There was a group of people that would watch over everyone as they slept by the campfire. Um, they would, right. you know, make sure nobody was coming to kill them or, you know, just watch over the group. So I think I might be one of those because this is explains like people that are up at two o'clock in the morning that function, um, you know, better that work the late night jobs because they're up that time. And you can throw your sleep cycle off, obviously. But I definitely think there's primal characteristics that pop out in people. Like that could affect you with your sleep. That can affect you with um, caring about one another, your environment, obviously. If you're in a close, uh, like cultural environment, such as like Mexico, like my buddy from Honduras, he talks about um, his family being connected together and more homey, even when they come to the States and they're around people that aren't like that. Yeah. That works too. Yeah. Alex, have you ever like gone through some sort of like sleep irregularities some sleep problems or anything like that? Yeah. So no, not really. I don't, I don't think I have ever been in Robbie's shoes. If I, if I must say, it's not it's not like I don't believe in that sort of stuff. Are you guys hearing me? Yeah. Oh yeah, I had to improv something here, but I think it's working. But it's like I don't feel it's for me, you know. You know when people talk about God and this yeah. presence, I yeah. I I don't buy that. I don't think that there's right. a third party knows all do all sort of stuff. I would say that each and every one of us is connected in ways that we'll never know. And call it energy, call it intuition, whatever you like. But our actions and our thoughts affect each other in a number of ways. And I think in that sense, we're all part of God. We've actually talked about this on a podcast. Or call it the universe. I think universe is easier for me to understand. Alex, we've talked about this in the podcast before. You believe that there's a thin line connected to everyone, an invisible line or string type that connects us all one another together. This is actually a theory in um, 
with technology as well. It's called the global brain. Um, like I said, with the paranormal, supernatural, all these types of things, there are another type of thing we can't see. You know what else is a thing you cannot see is your phone sending a signal to the satellite above it. There is a wave there. There is a signal above your phone, above your computer, on the on, through your headphones, from the light to the wall. There's a million, think of it like needles or pins or strings going through you, but you can't feel it because it's it's not in this it's not in this reality we know. It's not in this vision that we can see, this plane of existence that we can see. Yeah. So the global brain yeah. is all technology coming together into a hive mind. So if you think of the world, think of it like your brain, all those synapses or people's souls or stuff connected all together. So it's covering the whole planet. Yeah, I do believe that that happens, bro. Yeah. But you know what's interesting? I think the way you you, you want to look at it, it, it kind of affects if because I don't I live my life in a way that I don't want anything to affect me so i don't want to give power to any force beyond myself to affect my mood yeah a guy doesn't so, gas his car up and next thing you know you have like the shit somewhere yeah, i don't know exactly. if that happens at all <laughs> so no but the thing is you know it's it's my way it's kind of i shut myself in because i know it, it worked for me and i i, I just want to be the the captain of my ship but i do find it very interesting that you, for example, or other people who are able to feel and really have this intuition about stuff. I think we don't pay enough attention to it. We, we often try to explain, over-explain, but we, we need to pay more attention and just, just follow it. I think we spend a lot, of, a lot of time trying to understand how this world works, but what we should do is look inside and see, well, there's a lot going on inside me. And I think meditation would help. I, I tell like, people all the time, like, we need to stop worrying about the world, going into outer space, yeah. finding a new planet to stay on. Start focusing on not yeah. our country, not people around us. Ourselves are the biggest things we need to focus on mostly. But the problem is we see that in the wrongest way. We do that in the wrongest way. We choose selfish intent, getting what we want over what someone else wants. It's all about looking inside yourself and analyzing things that you need to be working on and keeping that to yourself. I tell people, I will not tell you any of my problems in my day. Don't tell me any of yours unless I ask for it yeah. because I only want to know if I care or not. You don't want me to sit there and give you a default answer. The problem is my life would not be equipped for both of you. Your lives wouldn't be equipped for anybody else. It's, it's, we all have our own set of issues and stuff that we are only strong enough to come across. Bruce Lee says it best. You know, you have to be, you know, it's, you know, God gave you this life because you're tough enough to walk it. It's, that's a true quote. And that's a beautiful way of explaining that for ourselves. It's a problem we need to fix is in ourselves. And we can't put the weight on someone else just, to do it for It's us. actually, I screw up either myself or someone else's life. So it's, it is kind of not necessarily doing what's right, but doing what's not wrong. And, and then you can learn from that and, and improve yourself from that. You have this key right now to your own car, to your life that you can drive anywhere you want. If you take advice from someone, they're not going to be able to force you what to do. You are the only person that can drive into a tree or do whatever. You're, they're just the GPS in the car. If I stop speaking, there's this voice that comes from me inside, which we all have, that kind of 
tells us what's right and what's wrong. And it's important for us to listen to it, you know. And, and that's interesting if you think about it. You know, a lot of a lot of it is formed when you're kids, the values that your parents instill in you. But majority of it comes from within. The kind of person you are is the kind of talk you do with yourself when you're not speaking, you know. I, and actually, Jagrat, like, you know what you yeah. want. Yeah. You, you may not realize it, but it's like, if I ask you, like, sit down for 30 minutes and picture your life in one, two, or five years, what do you want exactly. to do? Maybe it's not like, oh, I don't know if I want to be an astronaut or a race car driver yeah. or something like that. No, but it's like, what kind of person do you want That's to true. be? Everyone knows that, you know? Yeah, I definitely think we have morals and stuff too. But I also think we are misguided and misjudged a little bit as well. I think people that, you know, most of the time, especially now in society's day and age, we live by a standard. You have to look, you have to act, you have to do this, you have to do that. We've been played by rules so much. That corrupts the inner part of yourself. Now, I just thought of this, so bear with me on this rough translation of my, my brain here. Okay? So we're taking you inside the step into Robbie's head. So fucking buckle down make sure you got your snacks your popcorn make sure you got like a you know comfortability factor so when it comes to the stresses of life impacting you um our subconscious that inner thought that inner voice that is very very wisdomatic when it comes to kind of completing and unlocking a secret to yourself correct okay that one in today's mind nowadays with kids and people that suffer from mental illness, you're seeing it happen more and more is because what is that one thing telling you when you look in the mirror? Oh, this isn't right. This isn't that. This isn't this. This is that. You could have this. You could have that. You could have this if you're doing this with your life. It's constantly judgy. That voice has not became beneficial anymore because we've adapted to the human way of things, which is pointing out the flaws and not noticing the beauty of it major media sources are a giant problem of this pointing out all the flaws about news they have a good reasoning behind it making people more aware but now you're drowning in it to where you're becoming desensitized to yourself's inner unlockings i would say i mean is that not a beautiful one minute theory come that's why we're speechless man that's why we are like, okay, we got to let that sink in, you know, because that's some words. That, that's like and, Socrates and down there on my FaceTime. Don't give right me that. I'm like Socrates if he was like, I'm Socrates' like, like half-retarded brother or something. <laughs> the one they keep in the back, like, you know, retardalese or something. I'm that guy. I'm like, I just come out of the random and say random bits. But like, you have to think though, if you really think of a person and then think of a lock sitting on their chest, you know, it was really weird because I heard Ryan Sickler say it best. Like his, asked his doctor what he thinks about the spirit. If it's in the chest, we all associate it with the chest. And the doctor said, I don't think the spirit is in there. I think the spirit is in your brain because your brain is the only thing I, if I mess with, I could take anything out of your chest and it'll still be you. Yeah. But if I touch your brain, it's not you anymore. You can develop some type of syndrome, develop some whatever. You can just change the whole aspect of the person. And I'm judging my internet connection right now. Yeah, like I for like yeah, hey. I see you. You're good. Okay, cool. Yeah. So the thing you're you're gone again. Because I was reading about Jordan Peterson. Right. No. Damn it. He's like a, a prof- 
he's a professor, a uh, psychology professor from Canada. And he, he kind of did a summary of studying religion through psychology. Right. And it's like, no matter what religion you pick, it might be like Christians or, you know, Judaism or, or whatever. It's like all the, the, the religions that have one God might may be Jesus or Yeshua. Or, it's like God is your goal because everyone wants to be like God. But at the same time you put up a goal, that goal is a judge. Because you cannot have a goal without having that judging you back. But the thing is, it's not that we should not have goals because we're not going to be able to measure ourselves and just fail into obscurity. But it is, how are we going to allow ourselves to be judged? And I think it is a matter of letting other people judge you or letting yourself judge you. Does that make sense? You create a being because you want something to represent something that's unexplainable. You need a force behind it. You need a powerful thing that you can't explain to give you reasoning for believing in that and having this types of acts or events happen in your life. I think when you said everyone is God, I say this in the concept of we all have an interconnecting with us. I believe we are all connected as one and we all affect our own environments. You know, if I choose, um, if I'm off tomorrow and someone in my house is trying to sleep, I can choose to play loud music and then wake them up and keep them up to where they're drained the next day. We all affect something, not even in that simple example, but deeper into all of us where we are all connected, which you get a sense with empathic ability. It's about noticing that we are all connected, tapping into trying to sense, you know, being more aware or being more, um, how you would say, you know, thinking of others when it comes to the aspect of like, oh, maybe I shouldn't play loud ass fucking green day on my stereo while my parents are trying to sleep downstairs exactly yeah now the values as i said you know you develop the values with the kind of talking you do with yourself and i think that that plays an important role in in deciding what type of person you become you know because i believe man no matter how shit it is for you right now how bad of a person you are right now when that epiphany comes in you know anyone can change Anyone can be a better person than they are right now. They just have to get that inner voice out of themselves and actually go to the path to do it. How much of it do you think it's like personality-wise, like immutable? And how much do you think it's sexually changeable? Well, I'd, I'd, I'd say attitude is everything, man. You know, what's your attitude towards it? So I can't change... I personally believe in leadership a lot, you know, but I still think it, I'll use the analogy of you can only take the horse to the river, right? He's got to bend down and drink water. So if you're following good leaders, chances are that your personality will change or you'll develop more confidence or whatever. But there are some, some true essence of who you are. That's what makes us unique, you know, is that true essence that everyone's got it. And that's the common element. We are different, but that's common between all of us. Did we ever talk about the uh, the documentary I saw, the General Butt Naked, that guy? <laughs> Nobody, the African warlord that was killing babies and all these types of things and eating people's flesh and stuff? 
Never heard of that name. So he basically got immunity when he adopted into Christianity. He came out as being like fully religious now, so we just don't condemn him for his crimes. So let me explain the scenario here. There's an African warlord. His name is General Butt Naked. He would literally be naked running out onto the field with a group of people he called the Butt Brigade. So these people, um, what they used to do is they used to hide in the water. Um, they used to come up and grab kids that were playing at the, at the lake, and he would grab them put them underwater, snap their necks, kill them. And he's, he killed babies, he killed people, he ate their flesh. But I say this, and what do you immediately think? The guy's a sinner. The guy's a monster. Okay, Something now like let me rationalize it here. People in the world today and in your country, you learn from watching the things around you. You pick up as a child. Now, we grew up hunting from learning from animals around us, such as bears, wolves, pack animals, lone, whatever the whole the scenario goes on and on. Now, what's one animal in Africa that grabs things from the water and brings it down under? Anybody? Alligator, man, an alligator, a gazelle. I was thinking. So think a bunch of gazelles, an alligator comes up, grabs it, throws it underwater. Yeah. He learned it because that's in Africa. He learned from watching the things around them. We have a concept of morals and rights and things to go by. If you're a good person, this is how you should act. That's different in a whole other country. That is completely different in Africa. That's completely different in China. We all know, like, be a good person, which means, like, just don't be a dick to somebody. But for him, he was miseducated onto our beliefs, onto our knowings that he ended up adopting later. And he had a dream where he literally thought he was Satan himself. That's what he thought. Well, he had a dream that Jesus came to him and said, you're going to hell if you do not change your ways. And he went to full in Christianity. And now he donates. He's made millions of dollars donates it all to helping break up child uh armies warriors all those kids that are forced into joining and picking up an ak-47 instead of a, a spoon to some frosted flakes he goes down there and changes them helps build homes for africa he comes out saying i i believe i should suffer for my crimes i wake up every day seeing the faces and loved ones of people i've killed and he tells the families like and people still want him to pay for it and some people like he turned to god and found his way we all have this type of understanding and miseducated notions through life whether you're a kid and you think life is going to be shit because your life was shit or you become a kid um your life is shit and you choose to rise up above that not be like that yeah. fathers that run away mothers that leave all these types of things you choose to be better than that person you have to take the the light out of things instead of looking too much as the dark and life giving you a shitty roll of the dice i think most of the noble people that you meet during the day have had that one change moment like the question i asked when they realized there's more to life than this and i need to change i need to open my mind and, and actually you know take the action to do it you want to make sure that hits you at a younger age. Like for me, that hit me at such a young age where now I'm trying to grab hold of the talking to everyone and trying to understand and give everybody just that sense of relaxation. Honestly, the most beneficial thing from this podcast that I've ever had with it is the type of feedback I get from everyone that was on it. That means more to me than a view on it, a like on it, a share on it. I appreciate that more than anything because then it feels like I, I connected with someone onto a level where they don't 
you know, their day was better after that. You know, I've had people say, man, I got my whole day ahead of me. Like we just did this at like four o'clock in the morning. Let's, I got my life's going to be awesome. And they're still messaging me later. And I'm like trying to keep up with everybody. It's like, good. I want you to understand that we project ourselves, uh, which I do say people, we are all assholes. I'm an asshole. You're an asshole. We're all that, but that's not, that's the, that's the, that's the cover image. That's the two face scenario where people, you know, I've, I've met these Russian kids at my work, Bulgarian kids, all of them. And they've all said, this is different here. This country, my country has the worst aspect and people are now all adopting it of showing a fake image, the gym that works the nine to five, when we have something deep and passionate about us all. And the human nature thing that only gets awakened when there's a terrorist attack or there's a civil war or something like a global threat that's going to affect humankind. And that is, we all have a deep human primal thing inside of us to care for one another. And we need to awaken it. And it needs to become more relevant. You need to understand that the outer image of that person sucks, but that's what they're displaying. But the inner person inside, the Jaggered I know, the Alex I know, those are two badass Elvis Presley looking motherfuckers. And I'm saying that like it's it's a you guys have things about you, whether you display yourself in a good way to people and then talk about them behind their back. You have something deep inside of you that I can get on a one on one and understand that and awaken that and see that and know that, hey, you met someone like for me, the best thing anybody that could explain me to anybody is he's Robbie. And people are like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, I've had people at my work describe me like that. Like, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? He's Robbie. What does that mean? He's going to say some dumb shit, but it, it, it'll cheer you up in times when you really need it. And, like, I love that because I like to use humor in my everyday life. I don't like to be super, super serious. But when I get into podcasts, I do dive into that realm because I'm pretty yeah. smart. But nobody wants to focus on the intellectual side. I don't, at least. If you want to display mm-hmm. yourself, that's fine. But life is too serious. Yeah. That's so true, man. I think you can look all intellectual and be all that materialistic like you talk about, but we all go through the same shit every single day. So people would relate more if you just talk about that. And as you said, anthropologically, we're anthropologically, I don't know how to pronounce it, man. It's, it's midnight my time, but we have a need to belong to each other, you know? So that's where that ends empathy kicks in and i think that's a vital part according to me in being a human being so how do you guys keep this up just with you know the international connection and stuff like are you are you kind of like because you do kind of uh, get a little bit of people like that have something that you find interesting like is it do you try like to because i know there's views and there's people saying comments and stuff out there do you guys try and just do it for yourselves in a way on awakening of yourself or do you try and adapt to at least what people might be interested in i'll let you go check it all right i think i started out with the mindset of i want to put out my own creativity and that's the best thing that i do that's the best satisfaction that i could get you know as you said feedback was your incentive for me it was like i created something authentic nothing like this exists in the world because i wrote it you know it was something which was in my head came to me organically and now i'm able to produce it and publicize it That's you got that professional website so I, I saw that i go on that website i'm like hey i even got a website i got merch but i got no website 
And all those things are just byproducts of your creativity. So to answer your question, the thing that drives me, that wakes me up in the morning is, is that I've got so much potential and so many other people that I meet with have got so much potential. I need to create a platform where both of us can come and actually share it. Just go crazy with creativity. Be authentic. You know, No boundaries, no limits. Just throw shit at it and see what comes out. So I don't care about comments. I don't care about the the likes, the views that I'm getting, the money that I'm going to make or anything like that. I just do it for my own creativity. You like watching it grow. Exactly. Like one, of them chi- one of them chia pets. It's Absolutely. not a five-minute thing. It's not going to be like, chia No, it's going to be something that's going to, it's a long process. But exactly. when you put in the work and you see it make momentum, it exactly. keeps you going. I go to the gym. If I go to the gym six hours, one day, and don't go to the gym at all, nothing's going to happen. But if I go to the gym 20 minutes per day, I see differences. You know, I see the changes. It's about building that consistency, getting in the habit of exposing your creativity. You know, and I'm really talking about exposing, getting naked in front of the entire world, showing them who you truly are, you know, where it comes from. Yeah. And the other day, I just got my first YouTube dislike. And I was thrilled, man. It's like, it was so cool. Because it, it, it's like I was putting out stuff for so long, and it's only likes. And of course, your friends, friends comment. And then it's like some guy from the internet come, comments something nice. But then suddenly, someone just dropped me a dislike. And I realized, whoa, I actually reached someone who I have no idea who it is, who doesn't agree with me at all, but I reached him. So I think that's so cool, you know, just opening the dialogue. Yeah. So I got this review recently and like it threw me off a little bit, but like I just took it in like a kind of comedic style. Like I always get great feedback and then someone commented on one of my podcasts and was like, or on the review thing for, I guess, whatever source it was. And they were like, host seems boring. Guests, he just goes after interesting guests. Um, and I, I looked this up. I was like, well, he's not wrong. I'm fucking boring. But for sure, like, I'm, I'm reading it. I'm like, interesting guests. And I realize it's because of what I title your jobs as in, the, in the, the title of the episode. It's your name, and then it's your job description. If you look up what your job description is, it's way glorified than how you would explain it. Me, I would just say I'm a houseman at a hotel. When I look it up, it's clinical supervisor of external something, uh, disposal of waste. I'm like, there's no fucking way I do any of that that just said that. But I, I tell people, there's all average everyday folks. And they say, oh, sound quality was crap too. The sound quality is 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 good it's just the aspect of people are talking off their phones they're talking off computers they're juggling off whatever they don't have professional microphones they don't have these things to make a smooth recording it's easier to have a very listenable podcast without birds chirping or dogs barking in the back but for me it's about the person and the conversation I have on. And that all just adds real elements into it. I like hearing a bird chirp or something. Obviously, if it's not so bad, we're just like, whoa, I can't. I don't even know. This is not even tolerable. That's a little bit difficult. But I, I get it where it comes to the listening aspect. But I think you need to rationalize that. It's something we all need to be doing is taking a minute to talk to others. And we're not doing it on our own. Yeah. If your haters will see you walking on the water, they'll critique you for not being able to swim. <laughs> I didn't know that one. You know, because there there will be haters, man, no matter what you do. Yeah, I go through yeah. this a lot. Rejections is one thing which I've kind of like. Yeah, it's better to be hated 
than not to be noted. Hate That's us because they ain't us. <laughs> hate us because they ain't us. I, I hate mediocrity, man. I, I'd rather really suck at everything, but give it a go. <laughs> Then, yeah. you know, nobody noticing me at all. I think that's what connects Alex and me as well, because I'm all about, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look stupid for so long, but I'd be different. And I don't care about looking stupid, you know. If, if I'm doing something I love, I don't care, man. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you'll do anything to complete yeah. that. My buddy that builds IKEA furniture. Fucking worst thing I can think of doing, but that's his hobby and he loves it. So... It's something, even if you suck at it, if you enjoy it, you should be yeah. doing it. You know, it's not, it's, you're never going to not like it. You want to come into work and be happy, not be drained. One of the things I love doing is, is improv and actually putting other people in an uncomfortable position. I may I get a laugh out of it. I mean, today, like uh, in one of my classes, and I'm taking, I'm taking this politics module, not because I have to take it. I'm doing it as extra credit because I love politics, you know, learning about Socrates, Plato, Hobbes and everything. So this guy comes and is like, okay, we're going to do an improv scene. And I'm already in. I'm like, this is going to make so much. This gonna, people are going to be so uncomfortable and I love it. And I'm just going to go and do what I want to do. So I was there, bro, pretending to be a brown Socrates, creating racist jokes about it. People were laughing. I was enjoying myself and... You know, just being the stupid guy in between. But at the end of the day, man, I got a kick out of it. I realized that I could use my creativity to be comedic without hurting anyone, without doing anything, making jokes about myself. But still, you know, being that guy who jumps up and actually takes the opportunity to do it. I can relate to the improv thing. I had a speech class and uh, we had to do a 30-minute speech on something that was like an like improv, whatever type thing. Um it was mostly everyone had notes and guidelines and stuff they remember by. They had a product they had to sell, but you're supposed to go up there and have only a few key words written on it. Everyone had a lined up thing. They were kind of, so it really wasn't improv to anybody else. It was more like they studied and had their notes behind it. Me, I just went up there. I'm like, shit. I literally just popped off a topic. I was like, cause I asked her, I was like, I just do hot pockets. And she's like, you're going to, you're going up in five minutes. You're going to make a 30 minute speech on hot pockets. I was like, yeah, let's do it. I left my notes at home. I don't, I don't know what I'll, you know, there's no point. So I go up there. I'm like, who's trying to hot pocket? Everybody's like, raises their hand. I'm like, all right, cool. How awesome is a hot pocket? Except when you put it in the microwave for 15 minutes and it's still cold as shit on the inside. Like you're freaking Leo going against an iceberg on the Titanic. And like everyone's laughing. And I just went into this thing for like 25, 30 minutes. And I got a D on it. But everyone in the class is like, you had the best speech. And the teacher was like, you didn't put any effort in. You went up there like a joke. And I was like, that's it. It's, it's how can I sell you something better than being myself and doing it the way I know how to do shit? Like, this is what works for me. It's different for someone else. You know, I was literally just going off rambling about hot pockets. You got lean pockets. You got hot pockets with ham, hot pockets with cheese, hot pockets with whatever you want. You want to put a freaking cow in there? Go ahead. You want to put tofu in there you're a sick fuck but hey bam there it is and i'm like you know you go off on these things and you, you get to see the reaction and the feedback and it's nothing better than absolutely that. man average and average people, sucks yeah yeah people often dismiss this kind of experiences but i would kill to see the days before the fame of steve jobs or oprah or you know whatever 
because it's like I, I want to see what built these people up. How did they get there? And I, I'm sure it was like going through the same shit, you know, like improv and, and then making stupid jokes and then people got mad at them and just, you know, it's, it's a learning process. I mean, the more you do, more people will laugh at you, you know, and expect laughs if you're trying something for the first time. Yeah, but you also got to make sure that you don't look like a newbie after a while. You got to build that up, you know. There's one thing people uh, really like. I, I, there's only one thing I really like about TMZ, and people like think it's just like a crazy show. It's, but it's because we put our faith in celebrities as role models now instead of role modeling off. You got to understand when you look at celebrities, they have flaws. Okay, TMZ just outlines their flaws. You built them up in your mind as this perfect figure. You know, Jason Momoa got a lot of flack for having a dad bod on his birthday vacation, which really hits hard home for me because I'm a gym freak. I'm a fitness kind of, I suffer from like body dysmorphia and stuff. So it's like, I know how hard it is to keep a figure 24 seven. And I saw him, I'm like, he's drinking beer and having cake with his kids on his birthday weekend. And you're giving him shit for having a dad bod. He can't keep that 24 seven. You don't keep that 24 seven without killing yourself every day. And people immediately turned on him. Oh, he's a, you know, he's, she's trash. He's all Hollywooded up. I'm like, he's a real person. He likes these things. And he said, came out and said it like, I'm a real person. I have things I want to enjoy life as well. And I'm not going to stop with, you know, keeping my body. If it means I can't have a slice of cake with my kid on my yeah. birthday, you know, and people don't realize this and they lose all faith in that celebrity. You need to structure yourselves off yourself and also structure yourselves off actual figures and realize that they have problems in their life too you know you can't discredit a celebrity because they're people just as well yeah but but i think that's exactly why transparency matters so much when we see someone being that honest we we relate to them on a deeper, deeper level you know take a shit between two parked cars at a ravens game i'm telling you you will be so free yeah man Next time, some I was so scared. I was like, "That's Robbie. That's my man, bro." <laughs> That's how you influence man. You, you only influence people. Yeah. yeah, you can only be able to influence people if you're doing something different. You know, not following the common train of thought, but actually stepping out and doing it. If Martin Luther King, you know, didn't give that speech that day, the world would have been different. You know, so he had to step out and do it. He had to be the stupid guy for a bit, and then imagine what he did. Yeah, well, even him, he had a passive way of doing things. The Malcolm X tackled it more of an yeah. aggressive factor. Yeah. Um, they both have something to get across. I think we all think around the same basis when it comes to religion, everything. Our thoughts generally run on the same wave frequency, which I chalk up to, you know, you get connected with someone in a conversation for so long, you start landing on the same mind frequency. You know, the bodies, like women's bodies are known to sync up when it's their time of the month because they just being around them so many times it just syncs up our minds are known to sync up after being connected in a conversation it's just about syncing everyone together and bringing us all to having our own awesome things about us but realizing there's a proper way to act instead of this one we've adopted this corrupted view of things absolutely and I, i I want to give you guys a big shout out because I mean, international connection, first of all, connecting us to Brazil nuts and connecting us to many other wonderful things in the world. But it's awesome to know that you guys are out there at least working together and trying your hardest and, you know, getting these stuff out there and doing what you love, man. 
do i mean you're tackling it from both both you guys have a passion for doing this when it comes into the journalistic aspect for alex or when it comes to jagger you creating something and watching it grow you know i mean i kill a tomato plant after a week because i forget to water it but you know i seeing like you have something that you're putting in so much effort and time for it's amazing to have it out there man and i'm I'm glad to have known you yeah. And likewise, man, it's amazing to be in presence with someone who knows a lot about talking to people and just goes on, heads on, doesn't care about what anyone thinks, has no fears, just strikes up a conversation with people and has just spends two hours with it, you know, no sort of prejudice, no judging going on, just like good random conversation. And I think that's what connects us as human beings, empathy and everything. So keep doing what you're doing, Ravi, and trust me, you're making a difference, a big, big difference in this world. Yeah, Ravi, thanks. Thanks for everything, mate. You're always welcome to come to Brazil to taste our nuts. I think I'll stick with the crappy honey roasted <laughs> peanuts I have back home. Now I will, dude. I'll come down there. We gotta go for big. We gotta hunt Bigfoot. I want you to take yeah. me on that long ass walk you did. Me cool. and Alex are planning a documentary in Brazil. You better join us for that. Are we? Oh, so what's, what are we gonna call it? Though? Oh, we just gotta go and plan it out, man. It's got to do something about it. So, well, that's happening soon. We'll keep you in the loop for that. For sure, man. Well, but, thanks so much for International Connection. Check out their podcast. It's awesome. They have good episodes and good structure. It's very, very professional instead of looking at my stuff, which is janky. Um, like I said, no sleep. So it's 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm uploading stuff. So it's like I have no enthusiasm to even go dive deep into the realm of it. But I love the conversations I have. And I love being able to meet these two individuals. And please check out their awesome content because they're amazing people. Thank you so much for having us, Robbie. It was wonderful chatting to you and talking about pretty much everything, man. Yeah, it's liberating. Yeah. I mean, I can go to the bed right now fully satisfied because I think I've achieved everything that I want. And that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of talking to someone like Robbie, you know, because you can talk about anything. Yeah, like I said, it's like eating a turkey dinner, man. That's going to make you go right to sleep. Cleanse that palate. (laughs)